1: What's good? Lucky Lucky Podcast, your boy Sean Davis. left is coming shortly. Special guest coming up about 25 minutes from now. Bruce Feldman, Athletic Big Noon Kickoff, Fox Sports. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey and AnoraWhiskey.com. There's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure that you do so. Responsibly. Don't forget, exclusively at CFB Nation, the audio edibles each and every day. Go check it out right now. Apple Podcasts and Spotify, CFB Nation, Lucky Duffy Podcast, home of the misguided passion. You already know. We spin it different. We're going to talk C.J. Carr, Sam Hartman, Notre Dame offense a lot in the second half. No, I was on time today. I was on time today. This is all left. I'm sitting here waiting on left. I have to do my research on these articles for Bruce Feldman when he joins us. LL question of the day. Who will be the face of the Notre Dame defense? Who will be the face of the Notre Dame defense? The reason I ask that is because I personally am witnessing as a Chicago White Sox fan. the, The keys of the White Sox being turned over from Tim Anderson to Luis Robert Jr. Like, it's a wrap. Tim Anderson was like a face of Major League Baseball two years ago. Face of the White Sox. And I'm watching all of that change right before my very eyes. And I asked myself, Isaiah Foskey was the face last year. Who was the face this year? And do you really want a defensive back to be the face of your defense? It could be preferential. But just think about last year. You had Will Anderson. Then you had the defensive line for Georgia. The defensive lineman, Ohio State this year usually you're thinking linebacker defensive lineman when you're thinking face of a really dominant defense so if Ben Morrison is the face who else can emerge in that front seven that could be a tease to one of our storylines for defense who can emerge in that front seven Will it be a youngster on the come? Will it be someone that has had promise but is yet to realize that promise? Could it be someone that has constantly been consistent, knocking at the door and finally breaks through? It's a lot of candidates looking forward to see if somebody can actually break through and be that guy. So, I didn't know Sam Hartman was playing defense. (laughs) I see someone put Sam Hartman. I I didn't know Sam Hartman was playing defense. Um, hmm. Jason Onye, Joshua Burnham. Hmm. It's going to be interesting, though. It's going to be interesting. So, fall camp storylines. We did offense yesterday. Defense number one. Can the Notre Dame secondary be as good as they need to be? Number one storyline for me. This is what I mean by that. Whether it's being a transfer portal with the help they got. Whether it's Benjamin Morrison continuing his ascension. Whether it's Cam Hart finally being healthy. Jaden Mickey finally taking the next step. Christian Gray and Micah Bell making an impact as Benjamin Morrison did in his freshman year. Clarence Lewis being someone that they can use in the slot, on the outside, maybe at safety and sub packages. There's a lot to work with for Mike Mickens, Chris O'Leary, and Al Golden in that secondary. And that secondary is going to be tested. The Ohio State wide receiver core is going to test Notre Dame's secondary. It's going to be some pretty good one-on-one battles for four quarters. Now we understand the front seven shutting down Trayvon Henderson in the running game. It's going to be key. Make Cal McCord and that offense one-dimensional. Right becomes an easier game. However, there are still some talented players that can just flat out make plays. So how good can they really be? Can they come up with a classic game against Ohio State? Can they come up with a classic game that I think they're going to need against Caleb Williams and USC? Can they be consistent? Can they take a quarterback like Riley Leonard, who's highly efficient, that doesn't make mistakes, and can they just stay locked in for four quarters? How good can they be? Most people would think that they're a top 10 secondary. I've seen publications have them top ten ranked. Anywhere from like seven to 10, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Alabama secondary gets a lot of, Kool-Aid McKinstry is talented, but Kool-Aid McKinstry grabs a lot. And just Alabama secondaries are always bumped up a little bit higher than they deserve, in my opinion. However, the safety position might be the tail sign for the secondary and Al Golden's use of the safety position. Uh, The Cam Hart comment, I would disagree. It's hard to call somebody inconsistent when they play injured the majority of the time. That would be that's that's just unfair, in my opinion. Uh thank you, Jeff Luke. You're darn right. Happy, happy Connor Bedard day. Let me tell you something. I'm glad you said that. This is what made me think about the face, right? Also made me think about the apparel deal as we bring left in. The number one storyline defense for me left was how good can the secondary be, right? LL question of the day, who's going to be the face of the defense? Last year was Isaiah Foskey coming into the season. Who is it this year? A lot of people say Benjamin Morrison. Um, No, you can't say whatever the reason. You can't say somebody's injured plays through injury because they're the best option and then judge their performance and call them inconsistent. You can't, you can't do that. You you can't. Can't do that. That's like saying, Oh, Hey, left, make me a cake. Make me a chocolate cake. I'm giving you half the ingredients, but I want it to be as good as it can be. And you and then I sit down and judge it and say, Oh, this cake is horrible. But I know you only have half the ingredients. See, I know you're handicapped going in. can't judge that. You can't. You just can't. And that's why, in spite of that, Cam Hart still gets a second, third round grade from in a, from scouts, because scouts know. When he's right, he's very good. When he's injured, you can tell, and he's been injured sixty to seventy percent of the time. He was injured going into fall camp last year. Never got healthy. No, I'm not making excuses. I'm telling you facts. If you don't want to take the facts, that's that's your that's on you. If you don't want to take the facts, that's on you. When Cam Hart is healthy, he's a very good cornerback. When he's not healthy, he's not. Yeah. And I keep telling people, if people actually knew the depths to which Cam Hart over the last two seasons has played with injury, severe injury that no defensive back should be out there playing with. No No defensive back should be on the field handicapped the way he's been handicapped, but he's had to play because there was nobody else. He's had to play. He hasn't asked to come out. He hasn't complained. He hasn't done anything. That's it. So people that know that actually respect the effort and don't sit there and judge, oh, he's inconsistent. When they know what's going on. When he's healthy, go watch the Wisconsin game. He's really good. He was healthy that season. He was really good. When he started getting injured, it is what it is. So, stop. People, man, It's they, they take these low-hanging fruit situations right that's like me yeah. tim anderson right tim anderson's been scuffling for the last year he's had four injuries the last year the man was the al bad champion that had the most hits in baseball for three seasons he had a core injury a hamstring injury and a hand injury in the last calendar year and now he's struggling Oh, that boy, Tim Anderson, really inconsistent. No, he's injured. He's a really good player that's battling injuries, and he's being affected. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard.
3: It's just the fact of how how real sports is, is that nobody's going to give you the benefit of the doubt once you step in between the white lines. They're assuming that you 100%, and if you don't play like that, you can't lean on the injury. That's why you see guys sitting
1: out now with low management
3: like the wild winner. So, ain't 100%. Just,
1: and then this is on. the crazy thing that becomes a problem, right? Oh, you're sitting out, low management. Okay, so do you want me to play through the injury and be below my level of your expectation, and then you call me inconsistent, or do you want me to sit out until I can do what I can do, and then you complain about the fact that I don't play? But you you know, you, you, uh, you can't win. You can't win with fans. You can't. You can't. You
3: just can't. You got to look at it in the vacuum. You know, uh, a player at his best is the vacuum we would have to look at, right? Because are we discounting injuries? Are we saying that? I mean, that's a part of the game. And, you know, obviously the fans aren't going to give you excuses. But the reality of it is. Playing not a hundred percent, you're not gonna look the bo- the best that you can look when you are a hundred percent. That's just reality.
0: Yeah,
3: random is 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 less empathetic because there's ulterior things that they're invested in that requires you to be a hundred percent. And when you're not living up to that sign of it, like expected. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna it's just it's just it is what it is now
1: and, and that is actually that could be a sub point of camp storyline. Cam Hart Cam Hart's health. If we're gonna talk secondary, Cam Hart's health is huge for multiple reasons. That's right. Huge because Benjamin Morrison, I don't think teams are gonna go after him first. Right. I mean, Ohio State went out to Cam in the first game. Absolutely.
3: And Ben Morrison wasn't even on the field yet.
1: <laughs> so that goes to tell you, man. And if you actually watched the Ohio State game, Cam gave up that what he gave up that one touchdown to Avuka on the comeback, right? Other than that, couple big third downs. Yeah. But all in all, and. He was hurt. He was never right. He was never right. He barely practiced during fall camp. He barely practiced a full practice. And it was a core. It was left. You're a defensive back with a core injury. Bro, that that ain't it. That ain't it. And And that's the truth of the matter. The depth at the defensive back Position was questionable, which is why he had to move to defensive back and immediately become the number one option from wide receiver. Where do they do that at? Left big time programs don't do that. We need you to switch over here and be the number one defensive back.
3: That's right, and that's and that's crazy for an elite <laughs> that's, program. Come remember- that's that's
1: crazy. Let me just switch over here and be the number one defensive back. It's crazy. So that's secondary for me. It's a lot of promise. I'm just interested in Chris O'Leary and how these safeties perform. Xavier Watts, another kid with promise. Right? Another kid with promise. Range. Playmaking abilities. You see it in the gator Bowl. What is he going to be? Can he put it all together? Right? Not only that. Ramon Henderson. My man sitting up here telling everybody he can run a four three in the offseason. Word? Okay. I need to see it. You run four three four four? All right, let's see it. Go make some plays. Be in position. Make sure you cover your man. Don't give up leverage on key third downs. Third and seven when Marshall's basically trying to get off the field, throwing the ball to a flat, to a tight end, and you blow the coverage. (laughs) Come on, man. That can't happen anymore. If this secondary can scratch the surface on the promise that we think they have, Notre Dame's going to be in good shape against Ohio State and USC.
3: Yes, and a, and a lot of that is because we have a better identity than what the unknowns were of last year. And a lot I think that's going to translate in a game where we're going to have to score points. Hmm. Last year we were looking for where the points were going to come from cuz we were thinking if we can keep Ohio State under what was it 28 which we got 21
1: yeah
3: which we predicted that if we can get around there we'll be mm-hmm. good now the expectation is we are going to have at least 35 mm-hmm. and we can we hold them and, and and make it a shootout so for uh i feel a lot better in a situation like that than going into it where i don't know where the numbers are going to come from Absolutely. i can <clears throat> there's gonna be some touchdowns from the receivers.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah,
3: throwing that there's gonna be a receiver or two that got some touchdowns in the Ohio State game, and I feel way better about that than I did last year.
1: And Joshua Finn, look, I agree. You know, the only thing for Thomas Harper, he's been injured the entire spring. The entire spring, they say all of that. He made plays, he was injured last year for Oklahoma State, he transfers in. Injuries, nagging injuries all spring. So now we have to worry about him and whether or not he can be healthy going into the fall. I agree. It all comes down to health for this secondary. It all comes down to health. Christian Gray will get action. Yes, Christian Gray is going to get action. I don't know how early, but I fully expect Christian Gray to get at you. Second storyline. This is simple, left, and I'm going to let you ride. The damn linebackers. That's it. That's the storyline. The damn linebackers. I don't know who the linebackers are going to be, but they need to get it done. It just need the position needs to get it done. I don't care if it's freshmen, sophomores, seniors, juniors. You lose Prince Collie, the damn linebackers in bold with exclamation marks, multiple exclamation marks, the damn linebackers. Second storyline of the defense.
3: Yeah, and I think a lot of that is is, is going to be apparent early
1: on. And
3: we're gonna see it if the linebackers make a difference from the first game.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It's the middle of the defense.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Are, even on the aspect? Are are we gonna see young guys get in there? Because I want to see that. You've been high on Drake Bowen and Jaden Osberry for a minute. So uh, 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 they- you know why?
1: You know why? Because I act- I actually saw a coach. Coaching them as if look, it didn't matter whether or not they're gonna play it down. They're being coached as if you're playing. Yeah, prepare to play. That's Max crazy. Bullets, man. He when I tell you Max Bullets coached these dudes so hard in the spring. Not he's not coaching them like you're a freshman. You're a freshman. I'll give you time to learn. Uh-uh, come here. Uh uh-uh. do that rep again. In front of everybody. Now, you still didn't do it right. Come here. Do it again. You're going to get this right. You're going to act like you're a starter. Being coached with intention. And I'm like, okay. All right. Now I'm excited because I haven't seen this at this position with the youngsters. It was always give them time. No. He put emphasis you put a fire under their butt. Man, we're not doing that freshman stuff. You prepare to play every practice. and
3: that's Prepare what you, as you're playing.
1: That's how you set the natural order,
3: right? Set the natural order of having a process in which you're rinsing and repeating great linebackers. Rinsing and repeating great linebackers.
1: Great, mm-hmm. great backs.
3: How else is a school like Alabama who takes running backs off the recruiting streets yeah. and turns them into starting running and starting linebackers? Mm-hmm. How else can you do that other than if you were coaching with intention from the beginning? You're not just yeah. switching because right. it's a spot to feel. You're not switching them because they they look <clears> good. <throat> you're switching them with the intention that you're going to be the linebacker that starts for Alabama.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You happen to be the running back right now. And look at how it turns out. They become first-round pick, All-Americans, this and that. Yeah. It is the same thing that you want to see with our linebackers.
0: Yeah.
3: Except they're linebackers. <laughs> they're not converting. They play a lot of things, but they're linebackers. So it's even better. Yeah. And that's has to be along the lines of what Marcus Freeman was talking about from a physicality standpoint is that that middle of the defense, linebackers got to be physical. Mm-hmm. The, the, the whole having – Backup running backs averaging 2,000 yards a game. That's a non-physical qualifier. Yeah. That's coming straight from your linebacker.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: So, physicality has got to be important. So, to have that intention early for those young guys, they know how serious it is and how close it is for them to be on the field.
1: So, we gave you the defensive storylines. We have one left to end the show. Storyline number four: Who in the heck is going to sack the quarterback? Who is going to sack the quarterback for Notre Dame? Left will it be a collection of guys, or will somebody step forward and be the next Isaiah Foskey on that defensive line?
3: <laughs> I don't
1: know, honestly, and I think that's what it's a
3: good and bad thing because we know that we have talent. Now to see that crystallize itself is our hopes. Mm-hmm. But there is no Isaiah Foskey, there is no Chase Young, there is no uh, Khalil Mack that we can say preseason season is the, is the staple, so I don't know. <coughs> I hope Jordan Patello can prove this wrong. That's what I hope.
1: Oh man, look, I will say collectively, I believe in the athletic athletic ability of this defensive line more than I believe in the athletic ability of the defensive line last year.
3: Well, what do you think? Well, what do you think about? what Justin Scott thinks about the production in the D-line as a top-rated lineman, not specifically Justin Scott, the individual, but the, the, the weight of the status of a Justin Scott and his reflection. He's probably thinking the same thing on our defense. Who's going to be the guy that's second guys? Who's going to be my counter co-star? Who's going to be the guy that's enticing me to want to come into Notre Day and they don't have – an Isaiah Fowski that's got 25 sack leaders. So who am I looking over there for? Jason Ony, <coughs> I don't even mm. see those guys play for real yet. Jordan Botello? Who am I looking at? Riley Mills.
1: Mm.
3: So I think that's where Clemson sees so much success in D linemen because they have four all Americans.
1: That's true. That's true.
3: <laughs> it's a yeah. one, three, four. So if I'm a young D lineman, I'm like, shoot, all four.
1: Mm.
3: There's only there's only so many tackles in a game you can get. There's only so many plays ran in a game, and all four are D All Americans. That's a possibility that you can't show in recruiting. You can't you can't give me no photo shoot, no tour of to the school better than you having four All Americans at D line. That's the proof. That's the recruiting. So in snagging some of this uh, top five closers on the D-line, they want to look at stuff like that because the, the flip side of it would be to be taking guys that are, 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 are cast-offs that are very talented just didn't work out in their situation, but we don't operate like that from a transfer standpoint. So we either got to nail the five stars coming out of high school or nail the, the, the top guys going into the transfer board. We don't give ourselves too much wiggle room where we getting getting uh, cast off from Texas or LSU or Georgia like an SC does. Well, your, your your margin of error is a little higher. Our margin of error is very, very thin line, you know. And so you, you, you can't be wrong on them. So a, a transfer like Brandon Joseph, for instance, doesn't look great to future recruits hmm Because you got to be slam dunk because it's hard enough to get in there as a transfer. Thornhill, I mean, what's his name? Thorn, uh The safety from Oklahoma State.
1: Thomas Harper.
3: Thomas Harper. Hard to tell. He been hurt. What safety is going to think that a transfer is there? Dang, he can't even get healthy going over there. I thought that was a good place for him. Mm-hmm. So Marcus Freeman can only do so much on the pre- presentation side, the selling the dream side, the the taking you through the through the how- open house tour. He can only mm-hmm. do so many open house tours before he's like, okay, what's the what's the municipality looking like? What's the electricity like on a on a on a yearly basis? Because the open house is cool, but the open house is nothing in it. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the structure. Yeah. I'm showing you the structure. Just Scott's, All right, with a, a nice couch at that I can lay out on. Because I'm just seeing a nice living room, <laughs> big spaces. I can see where a TV would be, mm-hmm. where the fireplace would be. But right now, I'm just seeing a a nice building. Mm-hmm. He go to Michigan. They got the game room set up. They got a little. They got a little secret room where you can hang out. They got the kitchen, the refrigerator fully stocked, looking like cribs in there. He's like, oh, okay, I can see I can eat some good meals over here. If I want to chill, I go to a pool table. we just showing the open house. Like, look, we got the biggest house on the block. Fill it up. We got parties here. It sounds good. Property value low. It sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but ain't nothing in the crib. Mm-hmm. You in Beverly Hills living on an air mattress. <laughs> so it's like, we got to have a little bit more. We got to fill that room up with first round picks. You know, Cardi B says she flexed with $150,000 pictures on the wall. That's a flex. What's our $150,000 pictures in the Notre Dame mansion? Ben Morrison, that's a good that's a good little picture to hang up on the wall. That's some value. But we're not a museum where we just got one or two thousand dollar pictures, hundred thousand dollar pictures. We're supposed to be a house that you can live in, not a museum, not an open house. You want to live there? Just because it's the 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 the, the best uh, house on the block don't mean it's the best stay on the block either. But they say the Renaissance Inn is not bad. Even though I'd rather stay at the Hamptons. But the Renaissance will do. That's what we got to get better at. Put some put some more fluff in the house. We just good realtors. We can sell you the building, but we can't sell you what's in it yet. You know, we can mm. add. Tub to the back,
1: no. Mm. So we got so basically, basically, we got kids coming to look at models.
3: Yeah, we're looking at models. Okay, you can take floor plan A. You
1: models that incomplete.
3: Yeah. But you, but you go, you go, you go to Nick Saban mansion. Oh, that thing is decked out.
2: Look mm. like the highest
3: my house. Every year they got another one coming in there. Oh, where I move in, I, I move in next to uh Derrick Henry's room. Old room, who <laughs> Amari Cooper's old room, I can stay in there. What about Devontae Smith? That thing fresh. He probably stayed in there. <laughs> hey, probably was that busting, rent cheap. You know, you get you get Medicare there. You know, they yeah. got doctors. you know, you get you get the full
0: thing,
3: yeah, and you get take home plates. So nick Saban is like man i'm i'm chilling you know you talk to my people down at the front desk they handle you you go get your amenities you're gonna have your, your sauna your steam room in there your workout room at the uh on and then you go you know chill in the uh, tv room because we got the latest movies and cool stuff for y'all man you just live here man you cool it's the heisman house we go to floor plan a floor plan b floor plan c you got uh, a couple options down the road. I mean, it's all nice, but it's just nothing in it. We got it. We got some nice stuff on the walls, but we need something to feel like we live in there.
1: Yeah, eventually, it's like a realtor that shows a lot of houses but never closes on one.
3: Like what? Michael Jordan still trying to close on that crazy mansion he trying to sell in North Carolina. With the full gym, authentic hardwood from the NBA itself, can do,
1: is You can't sell stuff like that. It's like dudes that get these custom pieces made. They spend all this money on this custom jewelry, and then it, no one else can wear. It. You customize it with your initials. Yeah, the, you only, the only value it has are the loose diamonds. You just spent two hundred fifty thousand, and now. Resale, you might get forty, maybe.
3: That's what we pushing the kids. Come on, man, take the. It's like it's like you you it devalues you when you drive it off the lot. Come on, now. We we we. I think we have the ability to be better because it's a choice. Mm-hmm. We can fill up the house easy. What we got the money. Oh, what you need? You need twin? You need twin bunks? Or you just need a king side? We can do that tomorrow.
1: You know what? Sam Anderson just put up an interesting point that goes right with this. Thank you, Sam, as always. Freeman has to take control of defensive recruiting. The guy was an NFL linebacker. That don't make a difference. let's Let's take Marcus Freeman is on the island going up against a whole Michigan staff that is together So it's easy to say, yeah, Marcus Freeman needs to take over. And go up against entire staffs? By himself? By himself? Like, and then if he doesn't get the kid, it's on Marcus Freeman. That's not how it works. Even though he's trying to take responsibility for it. It's just not how it works in recruiting. It takes entire staffs to recruit the best players in the nation. It's not man. Nick Saban is not just sitting there by himself with his magic wand in December. Like, okay, give me that kid, give me that kid, give me that kid. His recruiting staff is a he has seventy people in a recruiting office. Left, not as coaches, seventy people on staff. That's the foundation of recruiting at Alabama. 17. And then it gets to the coaches. And everybody gets on board. If you want them to close, make it a fair fight. And unfortunately, for a lot of these five-star kids, it's not a fair fight right now. Not fair for Marcus Freeman, but he's in the ring. He's in the ring fighting. So, you know, Sam, I understand your frustration. But, hey, Roger Dodger, man, a resident USC fan, that's what I've been saying. Indy needs a bigger recruiting department. How about get one? The recruiting department was Tommy Reese's father. Think about that. The recruiting department was Tommy Reese's father. And his expertise is scouting in the NFL. Why is he the director of high school recruiting? He's an NFL scout. So hopefully, with the new hire, they will go ahead and support him with a staff under him, and he can have a profound effect on Notre Dame recruiting moving forward.
3: And he's doing a pretty decent job now. You know, it's not poo poo on that. I mean, being in the top 10 or eight or however have you, you got to factor in the fact that anybody really good that commits to us, they drop their star. Yeah. I still trip over the Jack Larson thing. So we're really playing schematics here because without all the stuff that we're saying and pressing needs to be better and all the issues, you're working against a lot of different things also. How many guys have we taken that they just dropped their (laughs) stars, dropped our class? That's not Marcus Freeman's fault. They just some haters. We can't can't look at them doing that and then be like, oh, that's Marcus Freeman's fault. So as Marcus Freeman's fault, he gets the five star to commit. Six months later, the five star got his options open. He goes somewhere else and he gets bigger. He grows in stars. He wasn't even a five star when he was with us. And then he goes to Alabama, he's a five star now. Come on now. Come on. Now. Mm-hmm. now he with Will Anderson and they done bumped just stars up off. We had him for months. He was he was like, Oh, we found one. It was oh, we found one guy. Oh, we got on him early because we found one guy. Because Marcus mm-hmm. went down to IMG amongst all the beasts and was like, I want him and got him and got him. When he was a four star, oh, he's a man, underrated talent. Marcus Freeman, man, big. Great job going down into the, the SEC country and snagging him one. Oh, it's going to be da, da 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 Next thing you know, they dropping stars. We dropping in the rankings. Now he's like, oh, I'm not a four-star. I'm not a five-star anymore. Not, not Alabama calling. It's like, this is this is jokes. This is jokes. We had a kid from Colorado, kid that committed to Colorado. Underrated kid, mm. oh so fast! They found this do it all returner specialist. Oh, he's gonna change Notre Dame. Da da four three, all this other stuff. Dion calling, mm-hmm. he all of a sudden a five star too. How?
1: Look, can be, He said you can't compare Bama and Georgia to Notre Dame. Where are the wins? We have to change the narrative. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. They got nothing to do with wins. Malik says it all the time. Notre Dame is who they are because that's who they want to be. They want to be. They, they refuse to invest at a championship level in the football program. It ain't. We don't even talk. We don't have to talk NIL. We just talk coaching, protecting the coaches, and building a staff. Bill Reese was your director of recruiting. There's no way you can tell me that's investment in the recruiting department at Notre Dame. You can't sell that to me. I'm not that silly. You can't tell me that and say we're investing in recruiting at Notre Dame like other schools. You can't tell me that. And that has nothing to do with wins. Zero. With nothing around it. This comment con- cognitive dissonance on this issue because we praise Chad, both Dre Brown and others, but when things aren't going in these ways, because MF is alone. The fact that Dre Brown and Chad have to get praises for recruiting and they're not coaches, and they they're have. administrators. That's the problem. That's the problem. They're doing the job of five people. <laughs> that's, like a mirror,
3: that's like a mirror if he's getting credit for sealing in three star, three or four five stars. Chad but is the player bro. director.
1: <laughs> Chad is supposed to be administrating. Yeah. Some of the stuff Chad has to do, he should not have to do. that's the point so yes chad and dre should be praised but the fact that they get praised further identifies in certain areas marcus freeman is alone because why are these two why are these two the ones having to do this Didn't we hire coaches for that? Don't we have a rest of a defensive staff for that? So watch. They hired the new guy from West Virginia. Are they going to give him a staff? Are they going to give him four or five guys to help? Or is he going to be a loner? In this modern day of college football, where everybody else has 30, 40 people on staff, in the office, working for recruiting. Yeah. Chad and Dre. Chad and Dre are stars because they do the jobs of multiple people, and they should have to. They shouldn't
3: have to. Period. And it's and you know, and you see people talk about is it the location? Columbus ain't no much better than South Bend? What do you mean? It's damn near the same weather. Columbus ain't no great area weather to be in, like it's Miami, like it's in the middle of Vegas. Hell, have you been to camp? Have you been to Clemson? You talk about the boonies.
1: I have not. It's in the boonies. It's
3: the boonies. Wow. Middle of absolute nowhere. So no, it's not the location. <laughs> Dabo pulled two championships out the woods. The woods. Ain't no city around Clemson. Come on, man. Ain't hey, no location. It's optics. It's perspective. Them kids go if they if they think it's good enough, they gonna play in the weather if it's gonna take them to where they want to go.
1: Left. Like you you've been, been saying,
3: bro. Playing in the hot ass Alabama weather, Are you crazy. All them brothers ain't talking about no weather if you commit to Alabama. That's the last thing you're thinking about. What does Alabama commit is the
1: weather or location? What's the famous saying from Field of Dreams that movie? If you build it, they will come.
3: Yeah. You think they man, I wish a Georgia commit would say Caleb Downs at Alabama would say, "Yeah, I committed to Alabama cuz it's a great school and the location and the weather is just perfect." What? Caleb Downs said, "I don't care if Alabama was located on the moon.
1: Alabama's going to take me to the stars." That's why I didn't- Dude, I'm glad Sam Anderson pointed out this basketball. It's a true story. True story. The Zion Trey RJ Barry class. Coach K had nothing to do with that class. That entire class was John Shire. The last, I'm talking, I'm talk, dude. You confirm this with Jordan Cornette, multiple people that I talked to. The John. last, the last five to six years, Duke recruiting has been John Shire.
3: And no it's, it's, it's under it's, it's him.
1: His hand in I tongue. said, I said, in the assistance under him. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, 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 for sure. They, they were the face. Not Coach Kate. Coach Kate knew. It was time for him to move on. He just had to groom John Shire to take that move to the next seat. But as far as recruiting, the, hey, I need to pass this on. These are the dudes. They're the ones that don't get the job done. Coach K gets the credit, though. Oh, Coach K, he could put together. Man, he puts together a fabulous recruiting class. Coach K ain't doing nothing. Hey, Well, he
3: has a part of that.
1: No, 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 no. Coach K sits there and closes after John Shire and Nolan Smith do all the legwork. That's all he does. On the on the official visit, he closes. Okay, but that's that's a huge
3: piece though because Nick Saban does the same thing. Nick Saban closed on Tommy. He wasn't even there. I agree. <laughs> he wasn't even. He closed on Tommy. You said but Nick Look,
1: Saban. Nick Saban can do that, dude. You know how. How many Duke players does Coach K have working on staff, bro? Oh, all of them, probably. There's about 20 of them. <laughs> about 20 of them. 20. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: That's the point. Allow your coach to do what he's supposed to do, which is close. Close. But you can't have that dude close, be the lead recruiter, be the positional recruiter, be this, be that. Come on, man! That's Marcus Freeman. He's the what? What are we doing? The the
3: man that's gonna call you every day to be like, "How was your mom's spaghetti today?" Did you did you sit in the front of the class, try to get you with the non football talk? He gotta fly everywhere, and then if he don't get him, it's his fault. It's crazy.
1: Great example. Great example. Deuce Knight, five star. 25 quarterback. Recently said his top two schools are Notre Dame and Tennessee. Guess who has the strongest relationship with Duke Knight? Our lead recruiter. It ain't Jerry. It's not Jerry Parker. Not the offensive coordinator.
3: Not, not the guy calling plays
1: for the man. It's not Marcus Freeman. It's Gino Gadu. Gino is doing the leg work. Giving Marcus Freeman the opportunity to close. But Gino is the foundation of the relationship that has a kid from Mississippi saying, want to talk about location? A kid from the southern tip of Mississippi loves Notre Dame, bro. Said he's he Said he loved South Bend when he came and it was snowing. So, you talk about location, man. Relationships, man. You have to have relationships, you have to be willing to invest in recruiting, man. You have to be willing to build a staff to support your coaches because everybody on your staff is not going to be good at recruiting, they're just not. They're not. Gino. if you watch him, go, go watch the Cincinnati videos last year. You can tell why Gino can recruit his tail off. Just watch how he talks to the offensive players in of Cincinnati, defensive players, how they're drawn to him, how he cracks jokes. He's personable. It's easy to him. You see how he can relate to Deuce Knight. I see why Deuce Knight, he didn't make Deuce Knight stand on the sideline with the rest of the recruits. You know how he made Deuce Knight feel special? He told him, come stand with me behind the huddle right here so you can hear every call. It's those little small things, man, the nuances of recruiting that comes from other people besides the head coach that make a difference. And building a relationship, man. And hopefully, going into this new era, with what Amir Carlyle is doing with player development, with the new hire for West Virginia, and hopefully what he'll be allowed to do, giving a staff and expanding the recruiting and supporting Marcus Freeman and the coaches, They'll make the jobs a lot more efficient and easier for everybody involved. Chad and Dre are stars because they do way too much. And I'm not their agents, but they're probably vastly underpaid for the job they do. As Malik has been saying for the entire summer, Notre Dame is where they are because that's where they want to be. Because money is not an issue.
3: Yeah, and that's and that's the the, the conundrum of Notre Dame in general. Y'all can make a change. I got the bread. What's what's the what's the holdup?
1: You can't build out a staff of ten. You can't
3: build an NIL. You can't buy out a coach. You can't get a head man some more money. We can't add a necessary and uh, effective changes. We want to pedal money through different buildings on campus in a indoor. That's man, listen, it's a choice, and we'll continue to speak about the misguided passion of the no. choice that we make because it's it's not like we need an outside hand of God to help this program. Everything is internal. That's why we independent that's, now. That's it. it. On TV, we make the most <laughs> tarot, we make the most as a standalone school. You other teams got to join conferences to get some cheese, which makes it even more audacious that you have everything you need and lack so much. It leaves so much to be desired. Why? And other teams can't understand it. They that's why they're like, Y'all oh, might as well join us. Oh, Obviously, we problems. Obviously, you join the big ten or so We're like, no, we're good. We make more money than y'all. Oh, we're trying to get on MV. <clears throat> we we got everything we need: radio, TV, internet access, jumbotron, mm-hmm. money to blow, money to spend. Yeah, you know, and go crazy. You, you building something new every year mm-hmm. slowly taking over south bend every year There's never been a year that i've been in notre dame since i graduated where it wasn't a construction cone truck u-haul on campus they still doing stuff to the stadium so that's the most damning thing about notre dame other teams have genuine concern. The raising Cajuns, they probably looking where their next funding check is going to come from. That's why they have to take beatings every year. That's why they got to go play at Alabama. They need a little bit of that funding. Why do you think Ohio State's tax write-offs are so <laughs> huge when they play these small schools in for six weeks before they play in conference? They gotta dole out money for other teams that need it. We that's why our schedule doesn't have softies because we don't need anybody to pay us. So everything that is on issue isn't is our own fault. That's why the things are so funny when they come out. When you start <coughs> seeing written speeches for Marcus Freeman, you start to see these random, uh, these random uh dry snitching emails that nobody asked for all these over explanations that nobody is giving questions you give us more questions to ask you when you're making these obvious things it's like hold on now y'all could have come on y'all could have been had an nil collective why y'all telling me that good stewardship i don't now i gotta ask about where this is coming from (laughs) come on now we got the we didn't hire the right coach but I see. There's a head coach of offense. When did we start doing that? Oh, and then you hiring his dad to oversee all the stuff that a head coach would probably want to be a part of, and then you are not buying the coaches, but the, the buyout is is pocket change. It ain't no secret we got bread. It's. it's I think that's the. I think that's what it is. We claim broke. But be the fattest pockets. and they try to get get put a wool over her eyes. Oh that two million just too much. I don't know why you know they would even propose something so preposterous. that two two million for a buy that's a lot let's let's do a seven hundred fifty. What about that? Let us do just five hundred thousand. cut us a deal. Good steward, cut us a deal. Good steward, that's why. And then, they, and then when they don't come, sh- I don't know why, man. We try to negotiate at the table, try to get us, but because they know you got the cheese, they said, Oh, you playing with the bread. No, never mind. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, what Eddie Lugwin said, Oh, oh, never mind, bro. Y'all not even see, all right, y'all don't have me fooled in the suite. And I was eating all type of hors d'oeuvres and, and, and delicious treats. I don't even like hockey for real, but I was enjoying my time there. And then when we get to negotiating table, well, you done slid back the paper. I thought this was reasonable. I was the market, two million. I'm like, okay, I'm about to step my game up. Two million, cool. You come back as a five hundred thousand dollar rebuttal. What? Coach Freeman probably looked at the paper, and said, "Hold on, that, that, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know he was going off in five hundred dollars
1: my bad, dog.
3: <laughs> my bad, Andy. I thought, I thought, uh, I thought we, I thought we was on the same page. They, you know how they are. They just. So Andy was like, "Wait a minute! This is Notre Dame. This gold pots of gold laying around this campus everywhere." I'm asking for a measly Beasley Weasley, two million dollar buyout. My school already <laughs> said I'm gone. Look, our my school cool, but they said, "Okay, you transitioning on the green." I got to go call them and be like, never mind. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. They're going to come back and look at me like, oh, you thought you was going to get $2 million? Shoot. We could have paid you that. Never to be heard from again. So that's what makes it so frustrating. Starving the man out. Starving him out. But people of Aqua building a relationship with Marcus Freeman. Staying in his ear about things. Because there is upside to look at. But Notre Dame traditionally has had their hand <coughs> in a lot of things that have been obstacles on a self-driven level, that's all we're saying. It'd be one thing if these other teams were doing things that we couldn't do. You know, if they just, I don't know, I can't think of much of that another team can do that we can't do. I can't think of much other than things we choose not to do by NIL. Which is cool, but we still have so much more to offer, I think. But it's a disconnect between what I think and what these recruits think. And Marcus Freeman is trying to ah, pull that thing together, close the gap.
1: Out here playing tug of war with six people on the other side and two on our side.
3: And be like, when? Right? Be like, when? We gave y'all the nicest cleats and the hand grippers and all that. You're supposed to win. Right. Like, first six, right. right.
2: Right.
1: Great show today, Left. Great show, man. You know what time it is.
0: Petticoat. Oh. Petticoat.
1: Petty Junction Petty Story Today brought to you by Nora Whiskey, AnoraWiskey.com. That premium American whiskey. HonoraWhiskey.com. Bro. I'm sure me, you and I will have a conversation offline about this whole uh, affirmative action thing. <laughs> That took place with the Supreme Court today. I don't wanna talk about that. The pettiness for me is the conversations in these threads that I see in Twitter. And it's like, to me it's like, I'm shocked that people still think and view human beings the way they view human beings in 2023. I don't know why. Le, I don't know why it shocks me. It shouldn't shock me. I've been on this earth for a pretty good long time right about now, left. And it shouldn't shock me in 2023. But, bro, it still does. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah.
1: Not the news. Not the vote. But just sitting back and watching like, that's how you really feel? Just about the next man? Like... Either way, just as a human being, that's just how you feel. See, see, but that's the thing. That's the
3: the great. It's it's crazy, man. Sean, it's the great, veil because at the end of the day, everybody lives by a different set of morals. That's the truth. And it's not surprising because the nature of a thing. You know, if you understand the nature of a thing, there are no surprises. An apple is an apple. Mm. And it would always be an apple. Mm. If an apple don't come out as an apple and try to pretend to be an orange. That's not the nature of the apple. Mm. The apple always what? Gonna start right and then get riper, and then it's going to rot. It's not going to Benjamin Button itself. That's not the nature of an apple. So when it comes to some of these groups out here, it's the nature of the group. They have never, ever, 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 out of their nature, made me believe that you want to see me do better. That's a fool to believe that the truth is nothing in this life is the same and that's okay.
1: Left man Hello. I I'll be honest left mom I have a mom that is a dreamer she right. always has been um uh, she exposed me to parts of Chicago that 95% of the young kids on the south side of Chicago never Never knew existed. I'm talking about culturally, educationally. Just open my eyes to this world. And with that, I've always just looked at it like, yo, everybody's different. Everybody has preferences. Everybody has blind spots in life because of where they grew up. They might not see something a certain way because they just didn't have the opportunity to be enlightened but to have an experience. But at the end of the day, you're a human being. That's it. That's all I have to ask. Just as a human being, just hey how you doing i hope you do well i don't need other than that i don't need much left but here's the kicker left and my dad told me this when my daughter i don't know if you remember this when my daughter was going through her college process. It was the pandemic, remember that? And do you remember when they decided, I think a large majority of schools said that they would no longer wait standardized testing for entry into college. There were a lot of colleges that took a step back and said, "Hey." We're no longer going to look at SAT and ACT scores. My pops told me then, watch that and watch what it turns into. And it's just unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate, man. You know?
3: And I'll tell you what.
1: And as as a as a brother, um, I've just always been man. I just it may, I have a heart for people, man. So I'm always a giver. I give. I just love man. I love to give. I love to pour it to young people. I love to give them my time. If I can give up my resources, that's what I do. That's just what I do, man. I just want people, I want people to be happy. I was that kid that didn't want to go to the to the uh, corner store by himself, left. You know what I'm saying? You know, when you felt like, man, I want some candy. I didn't want to walk to the corner store by myself. I had to stop by my boy's house, see if he could go. Then I had to stop by my other boy's house to see if he go. Like, I wanted everybody to come along. You know what I'm saying? If my mom cooked, I told all my boys, "Hey, come through." Mom made meatloaf. Mom fried chicken. That was me. I want everybody. That's your nature, right? I want everybody to be good, man. We and like that's why that. I said. That's why I said. For me, color, man. I I should know better. But at heart, man, I just want everybody to be good, bro. That's okay. it. Would you would you buy a pet yeah, monkey? Would you buy a pet monkey? I can't answer that. Absolutely, but, you know, but no, 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 no. Let God. me keep it a buck left. Let me keep it a buck. If I had an instant, if I had crazy money, I probably would dibble and dab as some type of animal. Maybe not a monkey. Specifically, not a monkey. Because you know yeah.
3: why? Yes, what?
1: I know why. I know. Yes.
3: What yes. the nature? Yes. The neighbor! yes. yes. Yes
1: yes, yes. yes. yeah.
3: not going to be cool to own. Yes, but
1: that's how yes, much fun. Yes. yes it. It's yes.
3: always going
1: to be his. Absolutely. I don't know
3: how much we want to yeah. make
1: Tiger our yeah. yeah,
3: Tiger thinks he's hungry. Yeah. Because that's his nature. Yeah. He ain't your pet no more. I tell you that. Yeah, you can treat them nice, and but they do the bottle feeding. And, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, it, and it might not be, you know. And I'm not saying, look, monkey. No, I'm not about to go get a silverback. I'm not gonna get a giraffe. Hell, a dog. But you know, I might. A
3: dog got teeth, so You gonna put your hand down there to pet a random dog? Absolutely not. no. Heck you
1: know. But I would probably go get. I would probably go get one of the purest bred wild as ever. That's I'll spend, I'll oh, spend five, six thousand.
3: You know what a, saying?
2: I'm
1: saying?
3: Still, still a, a dog.
2: dog down there,
3: and it th- got tea mm-hmm. You don't know, me. it's a dog. So why can't we act like that with everything else? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I don't think anybody would be surprised. I think everybody would be like, okay, I know what I have in front of me.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But we are the world. Get y'all messed up out here. It is
1: fine. Hey, I I blame my mom every time. I hit her up like this is your fault. You're the dreamer. You poured this into me. This is your fault. Yeah. You know, Uh, unfortunately, it did not take with my daughter. Because she is out there on the West Coast with like her afro and yo. And
3: eyes up and boots Man,
1: up. man. <laughs> it did not take. I'm like, hey. <clears throat> but that, that we are the world was funny, bro. That is hilarious.
3: No way, bro. You crazy as hell. And
1: it's
3: that's for more safety than it is for anything else. Man. You're no fool out here, man.
1: That's crazy, bro that's crazy, and it's all a facade too that's the crazy thing right like to the to the you get the three percent and then to the ninety seven percent they give us these facades facades everything that keep us everything. looking at each other crazy you know
3: I'm wrong listen, I don't have a problem with it <clears throat> it's a safety issue. Mm. that's all it's a safety issue if you want to be safe know that nothing on the planet is the same everybody lives by different morals and that's okay because if you go in there understanding the nature of a thing you can never be fooled you can always Mm -hmm. keep your eyes on the prize let's go back to marcus freeman in that defense Mm -hmm. The nature of Marcus Freeman is a physicality that he's going to find throughout this season for that defense. With all these facades, oh, who's going to show up in the sack department? Who's going to show up at linebacker? Who? He said division is physical. <clears throat> That's the nature of a defense. So, yeah, we might throw some extra blitzes here and there. We might try a couple young guys here and there that got some but we're gonna be physical at some point back in the season. I think that's what we gonna I think that's where we're gonna be at, you know.
1: Hey, Amen. As always, love on each other, man. <laughs> love on each other, especially your people and your neighbors. That's it. Man. Look, I'm not, dude, I promise you, I'm not even tripping on a decision. It's just the things that are being said to each other about the decision is like, that's what my eyes are like. What? Word? That's where we're at? Hey, listen. And hey, it's crazy, bro.
3: It's not where we at, it's where it's been.
1: Hey. Man. It
3: ain't going nowhere. Like you said, it's the facades that's been pulling the wool over the eye. Mm,
1: man. That's definitely the petty story of the day, bro. <laughs>
3: and
1: it, it's not even the decision that came down. It's just, woo, man. Great show. Don't forget, we need you guys to go to CFB Nation. Lock us in. Audio edibles each and every day. We had a great man. Without even going over the ID yesterday, within the first 18 hours you guys supported, we had 1,100 downloads. Without, so you guys are supporting. We're going to keep pushing it. Keep letting you guys know to connect to CFB Nation, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. For left, I'm Sean Davis. We'll see you tomorrow. For another edition of the Lucky Buffy Podcast. You did?